Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm. And we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. You can also find our program in a podcast form if you can't catch it live. And that's at thetrumpet.com and kpcg.fm as well, or any other location where you like to find your podcasts. Well, the springtime of the year, of course, is a time when God's spring holy days are commanded to be observed. And yet today, most people don't keep those days and aren't even really familiar with them. But Passover was something that God wanted to be kept and wants to be kept uh, continually, every spring. Now, historically, you probably remember that Passover was kept by ancient Israel just before their exodus from Egypt. It was a very dramatic time. And you recall that Israel was in Egypt for about two centuries before God freed them through a series of plagues. And uh, scholars sometimes will go back and try to find reasons and ways to explain those plagues without giving credit to God. But God did, in fact, bring those plagues upon Egypt. He was teaching them a lesson. He was uh, freeing his nation, Israel, as well. And the last plague was the death for every firstborn in Egypt. Just a horrific night. You can imagine the horror of something like that, the agony. Death would touch every house. There's a firstborn in every home, if there was a family situation. And so you can imagine the horror of that, as that that terror spread throughout Egypt. Just a, a terrible evening in that way. But Israel was instructed to uh, follow some some guidelines and to follow God's directions. And if they did that, they would be protected from that plague. They'd be protected from it, protected from death. Notice this quote here from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. That is a free course, and it's available at thetrumpet.com. It's a great course to go through, especially going into the Holy Days. It says, God, through Moses, had instructed every Israelite family in Egypt to sacrifice a lamb and smear some of its blood on the doorposts of their houses. On the night this was done, the death angel passed over every house marked with lamb's blood. God protected the ancient Israelites from physical death through the blood of these lambs. And so they had to follow those instructions exactly if they wanted to be protected from death. And if you were given an instruction and you knew that you had to do it the right way to stay alive, I think you'd pay attention to it. I would too. And because of the seriousness of the situation. But God protected the ancient Israelites from physical death through the blood of these lambs. And you can imagine how overjoyed and excited and relieved the Israelites were to be spared from that terrible plague that uh, God inflicted upon Egypt, upon anyone who didn't have the blood 
over their doorposts and uh, over the door. They had to uh, follow instructions exactly. It had to be put on the doorposts of their houses. But these lambs, of course, they were just a type of a future sacrifice. It was just a type of something that uh, was much more significant, a much more important sacrifice. And we see this in John 1, if you'd like to turn there. We have a few passages today, and so if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out. We can go through these together and see what God says about the Passover. John 1 and verse 29 It says, the next day John sees Jesus coming on to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So just like ancient Israel had to kill those lambs and smear the blood on the doorposts to be protected, now here comes a much more important sacrifice. Those lambs just typified a sacrifice that was coming. And it was Jesus As it says here in John 1 and verse 29, the next day John sees Jesus coming and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. What does he do? Well, he takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of the world. Christ shed blood, frees all people who will repent from the death penalty. Now, man has to repent. They have to change and go a different direction. But when mankind does repent then that shed blood pays that death penalty. And, uh, you know, the lamb, It's there's so much meaning in that symbolism. If you've ever spent any time with a little lamb, <laughs> they're, they're really quite endearing animals. And, uh, you know, you fall in love with them. And yet, they had to be sacrificed. I mean, this was, this was God's son, who he loved dearly, that was being sacrificed. It's not easy. It's not easy to see something sacrificed, especially when you love it. And here God the Father was willing to go through that. Jesus Christ was willing to go through that because of mankind, because they love mankind. And if there's ever any question, I guess, in in somebody's mind about whether God loves them, God the Father of Jesus Christ, well, this answers it. Look at the sacrifice that was made. Look at the sacrifice and look at how important it was. And we have to remember that. We have to remember that and we have to memorialize it every year. The correspondence course says, With the institution of the Passover, God began to reveal to his newly forming nation and congregation seven annual festivals and commanded that they be observed forever. See, we read about this ancient history from Israel's time period there coming out of Egypt. But again, that was just the beginning of teaching Israel about these holy days that had to be observed forever. They were learning. They were being taught and instructed by God. Seven annual festivals that were to be kept forever, observed forever. And so if you look around today at religion, who keeps these festivals today? You just don't see it. But yet God said they were to be observed forever. You know, and now God doesn't intend for us to keep his holy days as just some sort of a mindless ritual. There's tremendous spiritual meaning in these days, and that's why they're to be kept. They keep us thinking about God's plan of salvation for mankind. Every single year as we keep these holy days, we not only remember what God's doing with man, but we get more depth, we get more understanding. 
the older we get, the more life experience we have. And we get more depth out of these days. As we get older and we have children, if we do, we can think more from the father's perspective about sacrificing a son. We know somewhat what that would feel like because we have children of our own. And we know how difficult that would be. And so we, we learn more and more about the love of God, the depth of God, and, of course, his plan for mankind. And so these days are to be kept forever. And yet, we don't see people keeping them today, except for God's true church. And that's a great indication of where God's true church is, who's keeping those holy days, and who's keeping them correctly. There's tremendous spiritual meaning in these days. And every year, we get more out of it, if we really are applying ourselves We have to put effort to learn and to understand what God is striving to teach us through his holy day plan. And those holy days, God's holy days, reveal his great master plan by which he is fulfilling his awesome purpose for humanity. If we forget about the holy days and we don't keep the holy days, we forget about God's plan of salvation for mankind. We don't know what God's doing. And we get lost in a very, very... A really, frankly, hopeless present because there's so many problems in this world and there's a lot of hopelessness. And when people don't know where things are leading to and what the purpose for their lives are, they can become quite discouraged. We need God's holiday plan to see where we're going, to see what God has in store for man. And again, God's holy days, they reveal his great master plan by which he is fulfilling his awesome purpose for humanity, and it is an awesome purpose. So we don't want to lose sight of those days. If we lose sight of the holy days, we lose sight of God's entire plan. And that's how vital they are. Every year, they're so vital. It's so easy to forget. You know, Humanly, we forget things pretty quickly. We need to be reminded every year of God's holy days and what they picture. The correspondence course says each festival teaches knowledge of one of the seven steps in God's plan for mankind's spiritual salvation and sonship in his family. We can't skip any one of the holy days. Everyone's a vital step. Teaches us about one of those steps in God's plan for mankind. It's really quite something. It's It's amazing. It's awesome. And every step is essential. God's holy day plan shows us God's path to salvation. It shows us a path from being a human being, being flesh and blood, to being born into the family of God. The holy days show us that path. It gets us from point A to, I guess we could say point Z, the end, the end, which is just a beginning, but the end of the process of salvation. It's important. It's vitally important. The correspondence course says the religions of this world do not understand the processes of spiritual begettal, growth and birth into God's divine family. They do not know that God is now calling only a few into his church or that those few are now being trained to rule in God's soon coming world ruling government. Nor do they realize that the vast unsaved majority will be given their opportunity for salvation in a later, more favorable age when Christ and his spirit-born assistants are ruling the earth. So God has a plan for everybody, and some 
are not called yet. As a matter of fact, most are not, but they will be. But again, we don't understand that if we don't understand God's holy day plan. We really have to understand the plan. And the holy days show that. Here's a very important point to always remember. And this is, uh, again, from the correspondence course. And note this. It says, any group that refuses to keep holy the days God made holy is not in a right relationship with God and simply does not understand the true way to salvation. Now, that's a very strong statement and a very true one based upon the Bible. Just I'll read it to you again because it's so important. Think about this. Any group that refuses to keep holy the days God made holy is not in a right relationship with God and simply does not understand the true way to salvation. It's important, vitally important, that we keep God's holy days and we keep them the right way. All people will be taught eventually about God's holy day plan after the return of Christ. Satan will be put away and people's minds will be open to God's truth and they'll be taught about the holy days. So for those that are keeping God's holy days today and are learning and you know maybe have kept them for quite a few years, this is training, this is teaching now. Not only are we learning about God's plan of salvation for mankind, but we're preparing to teach other people about it. We're going to have to teach other people about it. When somebody comes and they have their mind open and they say, you know, what do I do? <laughs> what, what, what's the next step? We say, okay, let's talk about the Holy Day plan. Let's talk about the Holy Days. Let's start with the Passover. Let's talk about the sacrifice that God the Father and Jesus Christ made and how important that is. And we go step by step through the Holy Day plan. That's what we're going to teach people. It's a master plan that God has laid out there. It doesn't change. It doesn't get altered. It's the plan that God has laid out to teach us how we get from, again, human flesh and blood all the way to being born into the God family. It's a plan we have to understand, we have to rehearse, we have to be able to teach others about. There's always more to learn from this Holy Day plan, and all people are going to have to be taught about that. You know, and the death of Christ, as we've talked about, is the first step in God's great plan for eventually bringing billions into his divine family. The death of Christ isn't the, the end of the plan, it's the beginning, it's the first step. We need that sacrifice to reconcile us to the Father. And then we're saved by Christ's life. He will resurrect us. And we need God to create his character within us through the power of his Holy Spirit. That's the only place that that character comes from, is from God's Spirit. And so we have to be yielding to that Spirit and using it. The Course says this, God commanded the ancient Israelites to observe the Passover as a yearly reminder of his delivering their firstborn from death in Egypt. You know, you could think if, if they were doing that correctly, every year they'd look at that firstborn son or that firstborn daughter, or maybe they were firstborn or their spouse was a firstborn, and think, wow, I mean, they're only alive because God spared them. Every year, what a reminder. <laughs> what a reminder of what God did. It says Christians today are also commanded by God to observe the Passover with its New Testament symbols of unleavened bread and wine 
as a yearly reminder of his delivering them from the penalty of eternal death through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Passover, who became the New Testament Passover lamb. Jesus commanded that it be observed every year so we would always remember his great sacrifice for us. It's not just something for the Jewish people, and even they are off on their observance of it, but God intends it for all people because that sacrifice of Christ is essential for every human being. And yet, how many people do you see keeping the Passover today? Not many. People usually think it's a Jewish holiday, but the thing is, it's God's holy day. And it really, everyone needs to be observing it. And so, if, if you're not observing it, or you're in a group that's not observing it, why? God commands it. People can have different thoughts and opinions, but we're talking about the Word of God here. This isn't the show isn't called Live by Every Opinion. <laughs> it's called Live by Every Word. That's what we're striving to do, is look into the Word of God and live by it. Notice Exodus twelve, verses twenty four through twenty seven. It says, And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to you and to your sons forever. Forever. And it shall come to pass, verse twenty five. When you become to the land which the Eternal will give you, according as he has promised, that you shall keep this service, and it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean you by this service? See, again, this we're to teach it to the next generation, too. What if your children came to you and said, Tell me about the Passover. Could you teach them? Could you show them from God's word what happened anciently and what happened with Christ's sacrifice and what it pictures and what it means? what the uh, lambs in, in Israel being sacrificed, what that pictured, <laughs> and then Christ becoming that one sacrifice, and what that means for man and why we need that. Could you teach that to your children? Well, we have to be able to. But when they ask you about it, and that means, of course, you'd be keeping it, you shall say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshipped. I mean, it was it had just happened to them recently, so they were really in awe and very appreciative of that sacrifice because they know it saved their lives. It saved the lives of the firstborn. Well, it saves all of our lives. Christ's sacrifice reconciles us to God, and then we're saved by his life. We need the sacrifice, and we need the living Christ. So we are to keep the Passover forever not just until the death of Christ. And we are to teach our children to observe it. They need to be taught about the Passover in ancient Israel and that it foreshadowed Christ's sacrifice. And yet modern Christianity, so-called, doesn't keep the Passover. They don't keep it at all. Instead, they keep the pagan festival of Easter. Why do they keep it? Quite simply because Satan has deceived the whole world. You can read that in Revelation 12 and verse 9. People talk about Christ. Christ warned about that in Matthew 24, that people would say, you know, they'd come and say, Christ is Christ. Remember to talk about Christ. But they don't keep his sayings. They don't live by his words. Christ warned that that would happen. And so there's a, there's a show of religion out there, but they're not keeping the word of God. Not keeping the holy days. The correspondence course says, but this deceived world does not understand the real meaning of Christ's sacrifice. 
Instead of keeping the Passover, traditional Christianity observes Easter, supposedly in honor of Christ's resurrection, and yet the Bible nowhere commands us to celebrate his resurrection. And the world even has the resurrection on the wrong day. They're not even keeping it on the right day. (laughs) And again, the Bible does not say anything about doing that. That's just man's custom. It says, God's church has the precious knowledge of his truth, and his spirit-begotten children faithfully observe all of his annual festivals. So if you are a spirit-begotten member of the God family, then you faithfully observe all of God's annual festivals. It's pretty straightforward. We have to observe all of his annual festivals. That's essential. It's essential. And if you don't know too much about that, we have a great booklet at thetrumpet.com. It's free. Pagan holidays are God's holy days at which. Please get that, and you can begin to see more about God's holy day plan, again, starting with the Passover. And of course, please enroll in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's a free course, and it's available at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thanks for spending some time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.